go. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Three Angry Black People. We have a very, very special guest here today. It is the owner, the founder, the creator of some of the most delicious cupcakes you will ever have in Baltimore City, along with cheesecakes, tre leche cake, rice crispy treats, ice cream, you name it. She's got it. She'll get it to you, but only on Saturdays and Sundays during a certain amount of time. Please respect the time window. We are here to welcome the wonderful, the amazing Samaya Bay. By- By- oh, shoot, I messed up her last name. Dang it. Hello. Boom, thank you. Edit it out. It's Bilal. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Yeah! (laughs) Can I say that on here? Yes, you can. What's up, y'all? Hey, y'all. I am so glad to have you here. Look, after, look, so I just discovered you. Uh, only only like a day a day or two ago, and I'm already an addict, and I haven't even ate it yet. I'm looking at cupcakes <laughs> right now that Chris brought in, and I like I don't want to wait. Like I just want to dig into them right now. I don't even. Or, oh my god! So I gave what you flavors cupcakes. did you get? Uh, oh, oh, I got all the flavors, but they're going to get the triple chocolate explosion and the tail velvet. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Needs it. But I just want to say. Rob has had your cupcakes before because I brought them back in like 2021, and there was a strawberry. I know strawberry. There was a strawberry crunch. I brought. I think I brought a birthday cake or a vanilla, and there was another flavor Mm. you had. So I know Rob has had your cupcakes before, but it's been a while since he's had the recent iteration. Okay, I didn't make the connection. All right, it's all good. Yes, those those cupcakes. Those are the cupcakes. Well, I'm glad you guys are going to get a chance to. To try and uh, and make this association, it's gonna change your life. Just wait till you try a cheesecake, though. Mm. Cheesecake is actually our flagship product. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask you. So I'm already a cheesecake addict now. I judge all oh, cheesecakes now by the cheesecake I had in New York. So I can't Junior? wait to have this one. Was it Junior? No, uh, no, it wasn't. Junior. It was like some off-brand, like hole-in-the-wall place. In New York, like I, uh, I think it was near Times Square. As a matter of fact, see those be those be the best places. Like, see, we have this like speakeasy bakery vibe right now because we're in a church. We run out the kitchen in Light Street Church, and uh, and so it's not like our own storefront, but it's one of those if you know you know places. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's this is a very if you know you know city, and yeah. I feel like I, this is why we we have. People who ride real hard for it. We have a tribe because they're like, oh, we love Codetta. And they, they just come back like like Christine. Like, I've known Christine for years now as a customer. I just come back. And, um, yeah. But it's so cool because now, I mean, this is like, it's like my social life now. <laughs> like, my my longtime customers come in and we tap it up for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, there's actually someone behind you. I guess I should, I guess yeah. I should take care of them, too. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's the beauty but, yeah. of it, though. Yes. Like when you create that community and that vibe and connection with your customers, you know, they come back. It's so important. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't. That's like, that's like, honestly, that's the reason that we do what we do. It's it's not, I mean, we're, the desserts is like an avenue to creating the type of community that we want to see in the city. Yes. That's how I like to think of it. it. See, I love that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not angry enough. I, I hate this. There's not, there's not enough desserts in this city, and the people don't like the people that sell them, and so I gotta make it better. 
I love there it. You go. I love it. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not going to start a. I'm not going to start a war because I feel like I would start a war. But um, there no, is, go ahead. Say no, what there you is a certain. There is a certain <laughs> brand of cupcakes, and no, and no, no shade to uh, the company. Um, but my wife brings them home, and I'm we all like, shade. Please. Oh please, no, please no, just, oh, oh no, no. We're not gonna name drop. I'm not. not I'm not going name drop because also part of me is trying it, to remember. It, I'm trying to remember the name. Is it black owned? If it's black owned, we don't name drop. Well, yeah, well, no, it's, it's definitely black <laughs> owned, and I love them because they come up with some. They come up with some really sweet cupcakes, and I like mm-hmm. the and I like them. But I will always say, I'm like, first of all, I feel guilty because how much sugar did they have to put in this thing? Because I look at it and then I think of the little diabetes meme with the man, and it's like diabetes. <laughs> and every single time she brings them in, I'm like, listen, I, I gotta, I need a certain. There's a certain level of sweetness I want. I like my, I have a sweet tooth, yes, but mm-hmm. when I feel like. It's like little kids when their their hands get sticky and stuff like that, and it's just immediately like they gotta be like uh, um, a diva about everything. That's me. It's just like okay, why is this cupcake gotta be super sticky? Now, mine, I don't mind the sticky. Now, that's a whole different path we going there. So I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna bring it back. Shut up. So, so Chris, because now that Chris made the connection, I remember these cupcakes, and I'm thinking. Chris brings in so many desserts, but when she, I remember the cupcakes, and I'm like, "This is the vibe. It's got the perfect amount of sweetness. I don't feel yeah. like I'm fighting with it. Like, I my my fingers are not going to be like WTF, bro. Like, because I, I hate that feeling. Because I yeah. like I like my food, but uh, it's uh, like I just want to savor it. And I think now nah, I gotta stop. Put this cupcake down. And go wash my. No, I I'm, just want to enjoy yeah. the food. Yeah, I'm that way about the frosting. I'm like, so I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the frosting yeah. doesn't need to be like so sweet, like you're eating a block of sugar. Yeah, like, like those birthday cakes you got when you were like five years old. Mm-hmm. The frosting, yeah. and then has that nasty food color taste in it. Yeah, like if I oh, want to, if word. I want, if I wanted to smash cake, I'll go to like one of my friends is having like you know like the one year old's birthday or something like that, and wait for the smash cake. You know what I mean? If that's really what we doing, I'm like, no, one cupcake, sit down, you just enjoy, it, you bite into it. Not sitting there like, okay, somebody just went to the Domino Sugar Plant, say pull up a truck and just let it go. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't vibe like that. So I'm looking at these cupcakes that Chris <laughs> has on the table. I'm like, you know what? We had these joints before. I remember yeah. these, and mm-hmm. I also remember how I was winning the fight over one of them. <laughs> there was a fight. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now listen, I, I'm glad. I'm happy to hear you say that. I'm happy that that's your review, your objective review, without me saying anything. But I don't have a sweet tooth. Not like that. Like I like. We focus a lot more on flavor rather mm. than just stuff being sickly sweet. So like for me, that. it's about it's about flavors. It's about textures. I have a a coin that I, a term that I coined. I'd like to think I coined it called texture zones. And so in each dessert that we have, I try to have at least two or three different texture zones. Yeah. So you might get like yeah. a fluffy, a smooth, you, you a creamy, a crunchy, that. something like that, right? So for example, what y'all you said you got the teal velvet and the triple chocolate. Yeah. So in the triple chocolate, you have the fluffy, you have the fl- the buttercream is fluffy and the cupcake is fluffy. The ganache is more of a smooth; it's filled with chocolate ganache, and then you get a little bit of crunch in the sprinkles on top. And then for the teal velvet, it's kind of kind of thing. You have like a spongy. Uh, the the velvet, teal velvet cake is really spongy, 
the cream cheese buttercream is nice and smooth, and then the mini chocolate chips give a little bit of crunch. So you different s- textures. So you were saying, I'm curious to know what what you said. You're not. You don't have a sweet. Oh, g- I don't. Gosh. I just had a reaction. Oh, sorry. Good gosh, what it's good. Y'all eat the cupcakes? He just oh, had the stank, the stank face of goodness. This is good. <laughs> oh, we love stank faces. Yes. Golly. Yes. But I wanted to ask you, so what, so you said you didn't mm, really have I'll a sweet I'll drop kick somebody over this one. <laughs> Hold on. I, and I, I got to take a bite too. Yeah. Oh, go for it. But, um, but what was, the, but so what drove you into the more uh, dessert direction then since you didn't really have a sweet tooth? Like, what was your motivation? Yeah. So it all started when I was six and I developed a, a mild obsession with cheesecake. <gasps> I was trying to, I was trying to remember, and I was talking to my brother that, you know, that, that is two years older than me. So we grew up in, I have seven siblings, but I only grew up in the house with one of my brothers. So there's like a 10 year age gap after him. So I was like, why do I like cheesecake? He was like, oh, we used to go. We used to go to this one restaurant when we lived in Atlanta all the time, and then they had a kids' meal, kids' menu, and the dessert was like this little cheesecake, a little tiny personal cheesecake. And I was like, yo, I remember that. And I remember literally thinking, like, I just got to get through this meal. I just got to get through this fucking meal so I can get that cheesecake. And that was, that was the beginning. And I was like six. I mean, obviously, I wasn't cursing in my mind um but it was that it was that intense of a feeling mm-hmm. um, and ever since then i've just loved it i've like i've been tinkering with cheesecake for decades now the first time i made um what was kind of a cheesecake was i actually made it in the microwave so Ooh. we were latchkey kids and my mom had gotten us these um these microwave cookbooks because we, we were little little and we weren't allowed to use the you know the stove or the ovens yet but we can use a microwave. So, you know, I was always fascinated with cooking and baking. My mom used to bake a lot. And so I would be watching her in the kitchen. And when she was, you know, when she was at work, I would literally be at home flipping through cookbooks, just reading recipes and yeah. like thinking, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm a, I'm a really, I'm a nerd about baking. Like I love the science of it. Yes. Um, and so I'm, I, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to try this. I think I can't remember if it was for my mom's birthday or mother's day. But it was someday that, like, it was, we're celebrating my mom and my, my older siblings were there. And I made, a, it was kind of a cheesecake pie in the microwave. So I had a pie crust, but it was like a sweet cream cheese filling in the microwave. And everyone loved it. They were like, oh, Samaya, this is so good. And I was like, really? You like it? And then that was, I just fell in love with that feeling of, Making something, yeah, and having people eat it, and and watching them genuinely enjoy it, and well, since then, yeah, I've been baking. Well, you don't have the luxury of seeing my face right now, but I'm um, I'm about to cry because of happy <laughs> tears because I'm uh, I've eaten the cupcake halfway now, and I'm holding back tears of joy. Because yes, I can't, we like that. I I can't finish the cupcake and talk because I don't want to start talking like this. But I'm looking at it now. <laughs> what? what? We like that. Go ahead. I know. I said we like that. We like that that reaction. Yeah. What do you think is your secret? Yes. 
Is your secret sauce like what makes you stand if out above secret, the others? Uh, if it's a secret sauce, you think she just want to? I don't mean. I don't mean she tells me like. <laughs> but she, just, she did mention it. It's texture. She focuses on the texture yeah. of everything, and, and I'm a texture and person. Flavor. I'm a texture person yeah. too. So, so mm-hmm. that that kind of leads me to another question I had. That recently mm-hmm. I've had to backtrack what I said because I had a uh, trace leches cake. Oh yeah, go for ahead. the first yeah, time. I'm glad you black Come on, let's talk about this. And yeah. uh, I was telling my uh, my uh, friend from the Dominican Republic that I didn't mm-hmm. like tres leches cake because it, because because the one that I had I bought from this random place and it was so soggy mm-hmm. in my mouth it just it, it it tasted like somebody just poured milk on top of a cake and then told me to eat it and it felt nasty yeah. in my mouth. So. Yeah. So now I need to. So I have yet to eat a properly made tres leches cake. So I'm. Very, you mean a codetta? Uh, exactly, exactly. The official <laughs> tres leches cake made the right way by yeah. Codetta. So that, I'm very interested now into yes. trying that one now. I do now. Know. There's such a there's such a wide range of textures in tres leches. Some 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 of them taste like cornbread that was soaked in milk. And some of them are just like way too mushy. It's like pudding. Mm-hmm. Ours is like it's soaked so that when you put a, a fork or a spoon through it, you can see the milk like kind of coming out, mm-hmm. flowing out of the cake. But it doesn't like disintegrate, you know, like on your fork. It, it holds up to a fork, but then it kind of melts on your tongue. It's amazing. Okay, okay. And I also feel that way about flan now, y'all, because I have constantly mm. bashed flan on this uh podcast. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> My disdain for flan. flan. And now I and yeah. now I'm singing a different tune because I actually had one where it didn't mm-hmm. taste like I was eating a, a a cinnamon snot. And so yeah. Check the check the weather. Yeah, definitely <laughs> check the weather. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, what's what's the weather? Eighty seven degrees. Says nothing about the sky falling. Nothing about the sky nothing. falling. Nothing. Cows coming home? No cows. Pigs flying. No pigs. Okay. Right. The world hasn't came to an end because of this new revelation. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm just just checking. I, I, I was checking too. I understood. I looked over here, it says seventy nine degrees, Fahrenheit, sunny, no clouds. My perfectly I think, day. I think you can relate to me though. But Flan made the wrong way. Okay, because I mean, yeah. on the flight like, ahead, it, it can be yeah, it's not good. Yeah, exactly. It's gotta be just right. But here's the thing, Rob does not ever say that part. Like we all, me and L have agreed. Yes, when it's made the right way, things are delicious. When it's made the wrong way, it's not delicious. Yeah. He literally lambasted and like called a culture's dessert disgusting to somebody from the culture. His Dominican. Oh no! <laughs> and then he was wondering why he was like, "Oh, I got a pocket knife in my pocket. I'll use oh, it." Shoot. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, he's my friend at work. Uh, he threatened to stab me, yeah. but I took that with a badge of honor because it was like he knows what it was supposed to take. Like, yeah. no, he did that because you want American on him. Look, I, look. <laughs> so look, so so look. I I I am I am admitting that. Well. Yeah. I haven't actually had a Codetta uh, Trace Leches cake, but I'm sure it is delectable and out of this world good, and I'm ready to eat one, okay? Next time when I have it's it in my addicting. budget, I will get you one. Okay, it's great. very addicting. Great, great, great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um... But, yes, this, you, asked the, you asked for the secret. I have two secrets that I can share. I mean, 
You know what? I, the, the, the secret is we don't have any secrets. Damn. There you we, go. We bake from scratch. We use high quality ingredients. We bake with love and passion. Mm. And we bake. The, our intention is to make a dope product that people will enjoy. And that's it. Our, our intention is not to like make goo gobs of money. If, if here, here's the thing, I'm going to drop some, some knowledge on y'all that people, people should know if this is not a secret in the baking industry, okay. but most people do not know this. Most bakeries, I would say 80 to 95, 85 to 95% of commercial, you know, retail, commercial or retail bakeries, or even bakeries that are like at my scale, Home, even home bake some home bakeries do not bake from scratch. Mm. They don't. I know a few of them, and I called them out. They and I use, got in trouble. Yeah, they use a box mix, yep. and they quote unquote doctor it. Yep. And they meaning they might add, oh, I'm going to add a splash of almond extract, or I'm going to add an extra egg to the box from what the box mix says. Disrespectful. That is. Or I'm going to use Crisco, or I'm going to use butter instead of oil. But they're using a box mix. Now, that's their, that's their game, right? But for me, there's a science to baking. It is. And I'm a, I am feel like I'm an alchemist when I'm in the kitchen. And if you don't know exactly, you can't even pronounce some of the ingredients that are in these box mixes because it has a whole bunch of preservatives and stuff. We, If you walk into Codetta Bake Shop right now, you'll see bins of, this is cane sugar. Yes. This is dark brown sugar mm. this is cake flour this is all-purpose flour we got a bunch of different sprinkles but that's it it's just different combinations of that and so that even allows us to be a lot more flexible and versatile in our offering so we have we we do a lot of gluten-free stuff we do vegan stuff because i know everything that's going into every one of my recipes exactly She's the so i know how to how to substitute it yeah, she's the Heisenberg of of a uh, confectionery. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. This is the thing. Like I remember cuz I love baking. I used to bake all the time. I stopped baking because my family, my family has been on a, on a tear recently and I realize I'm about to disconnect them, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um so like baking a whole another topic, a whole another topic. Whole another whole another podcast. Well, sometimes your family be your worst enemy, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. So like yeah. I love baking from scratch because my great grandmother used to bake from scratch. So I understand, mm-hmm. and also like I wanted, I my background is in biology and chemistry. So in food, and I wanted to do food science at one point, but then I was like, oh, it's hard to get into mm-hmm. food science. But understanding mm-hmm. the very small little things you have to do, like a lot of people like, well, what's the difference? Well, cake flour has this type of um different um, measurements, yeah. and cake flour already mm-hmm. has certain things in this and you don't have to add mm-hmm. more salt I hate yep. when people will sit up here and look at a recipe they will read this recipe and I'll be like yo it says use cake flour I don't have cake flour and I'm like oh all you gotta do is add in like you know a teaspoon of baking powder and salt yep. and something else and they'll be like why do you know that I'm like this is basic chemistry Yeah, add this, it is. arinate it and then do XYZ mm-hmm. And then they'll sit up here mm-hmm. and like, oh, I just make a box mix. And you know what else I dislike? And I'm very glad that like I, I feel like you didn't, you never had to do that. But I feel like a lot of people succumb to it is when people want to tell the baker or tell the owner how to do their product. No, let them rock out with their cock out. They know what they're doing. <laughs> like, right. come on now. Like, oh yeah, that's insulting. I, it, it's insulting, but so many people will do it because people think their opinions are gold when their opinions are dirty because everyone <laughs> has an asshole yeah. and assholes are dirty. Oh my god, man! Sometimes people, I've, I've gotten to the point where people will be like, "Oh, you should make this." And I'm like, "No, I shouldn't, and I won't." 
Exactly. <laughs> I just I make I make what I want. I'm at the point where like I, I my range as a baker and as an as a chef is much wider than my current product offering. I know how to do things. I've done enough to be able to narrow down what I actually want to do. Right. And I just do what I want to do. So people come in and they're like, oh, you know, can you can you make cookies? Can you make pies? I'm like, no, I could, but I'm not going to. I can recommend you to a great a great chef that does pies or right. that does cookies. Yes. You can get an oatmeal cream pie. That's, that's <laughs> actually a cookie that's called a pie, but that's the only cookie thing we make. Exactly. And they're like, but I, I just know that if you made a cookie, it would be the best cookie. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and yet... I'm not making cookies. Thank you. Yeah. Right. I would like to say, as someone who has lived in Baltimore all my life and has went to every bakery that has popped up and disappeared and new ones that have came, and I can tell you that being a dessert connoisseur, that's why I call people out because I'd be like, oh, don't sit up here and sit up here and tell me you're going to make this from scratch when I know damn sure this is right. Duncan Hines and you added two right. teaspoons of salt. And why did you add two teaspoons yeah. of salt when you should have added a half a teaspoon of salt and then add your yeah. filling to and it? And that's probably why they get dry, too, because I've had to like... Listen, uh, yeah. no, this, I'm going to tell you the reason why they get dry. This is the other thing that is the standard in the baking industry, but is we do it differently, and that's what sets us apart. Mm. The baking equipment that you use really, really matters. Mm. So in order to scale and be efficient as a bakery, every any commercial or any retail bakery that you walk into, they're going to be using convection ovens. Yes. And for, for you, if you guys don't know what that means, or if you're any listeners that don't know what that means, a convection oven is a great way to cook things as quickly and efficiently. And it, it uses a fan. There's a fan inside the oven that circulates the heat around the whole oven. Oh. However, when you're baking things, what that fan does is dries out your product. The yeah. sugar caramelizes differently. The rise on whatever you're baking is very different um, from the way that, you know, a conventional oven usually has a heat source either at the bottom or at the top. And it's a, it's a much, it's a slower, slightly slower and more even cooking process than yes. a convection oven will for it. Mm. But because it's slower, because con- because convection ovens are quicker and more efficient, people say, oh, if you're going to grow your business, you got to get a convection oven. No. That drives your product out. So you you can't sell those cupcakes. Like if, if you don't sell those cupcakes today, they're not going to be good tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you sell those cupcakes to a customer today and they take them home, but they don't have their party until you know two or three days later, those cupcakes aren't going to be good. Thank you. I promise you that. We've had people coming by. I mean, Chris, perfect case in point. Christine, you got those cupcakes yesterday, right? I did. They don't, then they, then they taste fresh. They're still moist. I knew that they would yes. upstand that. T- and the thing about it is, again, it's the science. Like convection, again, because in mm-hmm. science, we have two different types of ovens, two type of, two different types of incubators. And people be like, yep. oh, it's just an incubator. I'm like, no, 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 no. What nope. am I working? And that's and also, this is what one of my friends said. She was like, because you've worked in science, you understand baking because she's like you put it back onto like a cellular level and i said yeah no a Mm -hmm. convection oven when i want to dry something out i put something i put it in a certain type of um incubator and then that incubator is not hooked up to co2 is not hooked up to oxygen there's no moisture in it and it dries it out within like 
maybe 10 minutes, a.k.a. baking-wise, mm-hmm. if a cupcake takes 22 minutes to bake, the average cupcake really takes 18 minutes to bake, 19 and a half if you, you're going for a certain, like, plumpiness when you press it down and it plumps back up, right? In mm-hmm. a standard oven. And a convection oven, mm-hmm. that is cut down to, like, maybe 15 minutes, 12 and a half to 15 minutes. Yep. And yep. But the issue is, in that convection oven, there's no moisture. There's oh, The heat yep. is, even though they're circulating the heat, which does cook it evenly, that circulation of heat also, like you said, it changes the chemical reaction. That's why if you ever look at somebody... Changes the caramelization. Boom. And when you start talking about, like, the little science behind it, because you think about it, you just added eggs, well, depending on what you bake, let's say you added eggs, you added some oil, you have your flour, and then you have your, um, like, you know, a little bit of dyes that might have some alcohol in it because, you know, or, you know, some type mm-hmm. of dye that you might need to add. And not even dye. I don't even think you use dye. I think you use, like, natural ingredients. You add that stuff yeah. in. Then you have to think about what hydroxies, what oxygens are about to go, about to bond and not bond. When you have humidity in there, it doesn't bond. I mean, it does bond, but it le- leaves the moisture in the cake, which you just talked about. When you take the, yeah. the, that water out, the humidity out, you dry stuff out. That's why, like, I look at people mm-hmm. like, I'm not mad when they do confection ovens, but I also know, I can't give this to nobody the next day. This right. is for me. Listen, yep. I will tell you this little weird thing. I once brought cupcakes for someone. They pissed me off mm-hmm. to that person you will never have this deliciousness in your life unless you go come up here and i know you ain't driving to baltimore boo so anyway um mm-hmm. so i was like okay don't worry yeah. about it i'll keep the cupcakes for me i took them to work on monday i saw my little mm-hmm. pe- the people i work with who i love and i said oh well i care about it. i'll say that but i was like hey i got some cupcakes would y'all like some and they're like when did you buy these and then this is where you had just switched over to this um sunday saturday schedule and i said oh i got yeah. these on saturday they're like oh they're probably i said no they're not try it and then they ate it they're like oh my god these aren't these are delicious and i said yep my brother so i have a brother that lives in philly Mm -hmm. and he comes down every few weeks and buys a whole bunch of stuff um i know he's he's the best he's the best but he sometimes he'll come and buy cupcakes and and then like take them to work the next week or like like he'll he'll come in i think it was he came one one day. It was like a long weekend. It might have been after spring break or something. And they were back on like Wednesday or something like that. And he came down Friday and got cupcakes. And everybody was like, this is the best cupcake I've ever had in my life. I'm like, yeah, and that's like a five-day-old cupcake. So you know that um, that part in Hidden Figures when she's when Janelle Monet is like writing on the blackboard, like a whole yeah. bunch of equations? That's kind of how I felt just now. Yeah, looking, uh, just hearing all, all this. And that's why I know that people that understood and was able to absorb all that, they're they're on another level. That is the level of dedication you, you should have towards your craft. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. No, I'm such a nerd. I'm such a nerd about this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was Riley Freeman in that moment. And I was just like, all right, so I hear you where the cupcakes at, though. <laughs> Cause yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot of science. Like my brain just went out the window. Like, yep, there's a whole lot of science with that. I'm totally checking out because my spirit is just like. So can I get twelve? Because that is the difference. That is the yeah. vision. I don't. Yeah, I'm the one that I'm the one that's going to walk out the we kitchen the receiver, and just let me know when it's ready. That is the difference between the giver and the receiver. Right. Like you could sit there, you could sit there, have a whole blackboard and I'm going to be like, so that's how you make the magic. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Right. I give but you money now. They, yeah. I give you money now. <laughs> and I, I go. Work, right. Work. Can I taste what you were talking about? Maybe if I taste it, I'll understand. 
I'm not even going to hold you. I would just be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get all that. I'm just going to know you do a whole lot of stuff to make the magic happen. I'm just going to, yes. I'm just going to simplify it. Like, mm-mm. and it's cool. You know, like a lot of savory chefs, they do not like baking, baking. And I, I've, I've learned this only like in the past few years, being in the restaurant industry and like, you know, networking and meeting other chefs. Um, but because I cook too, I can burn people. A lot of people don't know this, but I can, I cook savory food too. I'm one of the best cooks in my very large family. Oh, Anybody will say that. Salt, objectively. Yeah. I am the best baker in my family. Um, but me and my sister, she like my, my oldest sister is she bakes too, mm-hmm. but she's a slightly better cook than baker. Mm-hmm. And I'm a better I don't know. I think my baking and cooking skills are probably equal. Y'all, y'all gonna see eventually once yeah. we open this this uh, storefront because we're gonna have like food soon on the weekend. I'm ready. Um, yeah, I'm ready yes. too. Oh, you're ready. <laughs> you know I'll be <laughs> your biggest supporter. But I just want to. Oh yes. I would like to dis. I would like to get rid of a myth right now while on three ABP, and I would like to also say, say, yeah, I noticed that too. I agree. A lot of people who are cooks do not like to bake because, again, with baking, you do have to. Science. Know, it's a science. Like I love it when people's like. Um, Oh, it's three fourths of a cup, and they put a whole heap in there. I'm like, that is three fourths plus a nope. fourth of a cup. like. You just added too much flour, and now you're wondering why your your dough is chalky. Mark. You added too mm-hmm. much, but also like, I've also noticed like I want to get rid of this myth. So many people's like, if you ain't if your arm ain't jiggling when you cooking, you ain't cooking good food. Listen, we ain't in 1975 <laughs> anymore. We're not right. talking about Big Mama's cooking. We're still doing a pinch here, a sprinkle here, because sometimes yeah. you have to like, ele- like you got to figure out the right way to hit and trigger a taste bud. Also, I know the genetics of taste buds. That is why I understand when you say you texturize your stuff, because your taste yeah. buds needs to be engaged on three levels with three different flavors, yeah. and those flavors, if they're not engaged and hit properly, you will be like, oh, that was good. Versus, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But right, I'm, so I'm right, gonna, yes. So I want to get rid of this myth right here, right now, dear folks. You want to hear something angry? Stop saying that black women that are in shape, that are skinny, that don't have that flabby arm can't cook. I have heard so many people, well, you know, you ain't got that flabby arm. Well, I don't need that flabby arm. I go to the gym, <laughs> B. Like, come on now. I'm, 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 I'm cooking and making stuff from my heart. And you're, you're worried because I got skinny breasts. Excuse me. How about this? Look at the arms of the people eating my food. Look at their arms. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, and I, I've seen everybody that comes in to eat your food and it is a welcoming culture it is everyone from the yeah. smallest person to the biggest person the the mm-hmm. most like you know i need this just to make my day better person to the person who's like i'm celebrating life you have encompassed yeah. every type of community you can think of with love joy and goodness so that's so, the goal that's all we want to do so l when i bake i uh look at it and if i in my head i don't think i added enough of an ingredient then i add more and then I oh, close, no. and then and then I oh. close the oven, and then when I start smelling it, then that then I just assume that it's ready. Do you even preheat it, the oven? Be, because it smell preheat. <laughs> so, sometimes, like when I make that's a, a quizzical preheat. Like when I make a pizza, like I preheat the oven so you know it'll be ready when it gets there. But uh, other than that, yeah, I just I just say, oh look, I, oh yeah, I smell cheese. Uh, it yeah, it must be ready. Uh, I guess. No. I guess. Okay. I guess. I guess I'm not ready. Uh, well, well I, no. I mean, if we're sharing, when when I bake, 
you know, I, I, I get the the, uh, the pitcher and then um, I get the vodka and I, I pour some vodka and and then, you know, I, I mix happening? it. I mix it with, you know, some of the other flavors that I want in there and then I pour my tequila and I don't use gin because well, gin well, if you, we're you can't about, be heavy handed. Where's the baking? Yeah, the, I, I'm, I'm getting to it because then I stare. <laughs> you know, I stare. You know the the stuff that I just poured into the picture. I stare. Stare. You know. That's why it's good to stare make stuff with alcohol, right? In it because right. it's you, like, hey, after a certain while, it's all good. Yeah, because you stare it up, yeah. and oh then you God. pour it in the you pour it in the glass, and then like you know. It, it, it's it's ready. I think we're disrespecting Maya right then now. Then it dulls you. It dulls your senses so that whatever comes out of that oven, is oven, a, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I, I'm sorry. I was just mixing liquor because I don't want bake because I'm not crazy to. I'm not. I'm, I'm not no. See, you're the opposite of me. See, I don't drink at all, so I, everything I make has to be good. I got all my faculties about me. Yes, we were talking about so cheating. Be, be yes, we were cheating. We were cheating because we had alcohol. Now, now I will, I, I will I, say I, this. I was just mixing alcohol. You talking about bacon? Uh, I don't do no type oh, of. Oh, well, I was talking about putting the vodka in the watermelon. What? The okay, no, okay, no, okay, 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 no, okay, no. Wait a minute. Hold wait, on. Wait, where do we? I mean, okay, maybe, but no. So, do you put vodka in watermelon? Recently, no. You had an event on Eagle Street. How yes. did that turn Black out? Black Girl Market. Black Girl Market. It was Black Girl Market. It was. Um. It was good. So that was the third time that we've had it, actually. Ooh. And so we had one in 2020, mm-hmm. in October of 2020. Second one we did in April of 2021. And we wanted it to be like a, a seasonal thing, like we do maybe two or three a year. Mm-hmm. But then we got in the booth program and we, you know, we kind of got wrapped up in looking for a storefront and kind of put it on hold until this year. So we collabed with um, Black Esley Market, who does a lot of different festivals and events around the area. Uh, for this for this iteration, we collabed with them, um, and you know, Black Girl Market was started in 2020 after you know Breonna Taylor was murdered, and I was just feeling like, well, it's really shitty to be a black woman in America, and I want to do something to celebrate us. So I started planning a festival, and it was kind of kind of became like the kind of festival that I would want to attend. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm gonna we're gonna use all black female vendors creatives right. have a panel discussion a dj an mc that are all black women and that's what we did and it was beautiful it was amazing it was outdoors and eager park the first one we did was in eager park and then in 2021 we were at the baltimore museum of industry and then this one we just had on mother's day was back at eager park um and yeah i mean it's, it was just a dope vibe like people came and they brought their families they sat on the lawn they enjoyed the music we did like a community dance class there's like yoga sometimes sometimes we do a sip and paint um and yeah it's just a celebration of all the dope things that black women do and especially like the entrepreneurs and creatives in the city that do not get enough uh uh accolades i don't think so i just wanted to create a space for people like me to be celebrated we're actually plan- in the midst of planning another event that is similar, but it's not limited to black women. And these are, these are two festivals that I want to, I want for us to host every, on an annual basis. So I'm uh, in the future, you know, projecting long-term, I want for black girl market to be in the spring and this other event uh, to be in the summer. And this second event, I'm a, y'all should definitely come to it. It's going to be called the cookout and it's just a celebration of blackness. So we're talking, all black vendors, 
um, food, entertainment, art, craft, apparel, performances, um, a spades tournament. Yeah. Just, you know, black people shit in I, the summer. I hear spades tournament. Like, I, I yes. hear, I'm sorry. I hear a spades tournament and I'm just like, you know what? I would totally be there for that, but just to spectate. Just to spectate. Exactly. Just no, to yeah. spectate. See, I feel like it would be good like either either way, if you're involved in it or if you spectate, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. So It sounds like a that's up- my goal. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like an upgraded version like like you took Afram but you made it like you boosted it up, you know? Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, my goal, my ultimate goal through Codetta Bake Shop is not to just become known as a baker or a chef or an entrepreneur. Yes, all those things, but I want to become known as an experienced curator in the city and in the, you know, globally. But um, I want for people to hear the name Codetta Bake Shop or if they hear my name, they know that whatever it is, whether it's a culinary experience or like a, a cultural experience, community-based or a performing art, anything like that, if my name is attached to it, it's going to be quality and it's something that you're not going to want to miss. Like Marie Calendars. So, what? Uh, no. No, 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 no. I didn't mean like, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, dang, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I like Marie. Not, not very much not like Marie Calendars. Well, what I'm, are you talking about? Well, I meant like established. Like like, like when you yes. hear the name, you automatically understand what you're getting. That You know, that level. Where, yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's yeah, that's what I mean. Not that your food would taste like Marie Calendars. That's yeah. I was like, wait a minute, you talking about the frozen pies? <laughs> oh, see, you, do you see what we deal with with Rob? Like, we love him, <laughs> but like, I like my Marie Calendar Popeyes though. They got me through a lot Listen, when I was there. When, okay. when, I was, when I was going to now, work, you know. I now I will say this: Marie Calendars <laughs> makes a they make a, a deep dish frozen pie crust that does not use lard. And when I'm baking at, when I'm like cooking at home for myself, I'll, if I don't feel like making a pie crust from scratch, I'll get that one. Yeah, I will say that the pie crust is pretty good. I make a, I make a really dope quiche. That's going to be a staple in Kodata Bake Shop. Y- y'all don't have to look at me like that, all right? We're not. We're not. But see, I think, I th- I think when you, what what Maya is getting at is like, it's the what happens with a lot of small businesses, right? They only focus on. The prime, the one thing, the primary, mm-hmm. which is like the bake shop or the cheesecake, but really, like at one point, you your business becomes a brand, and when your brand exactly once it becomes a brand, then you start thinking about other ways you can reach out because at one point, exactly. like when they teach you about entrepreneurship and business and things of that nature, either a you want this to be a brand that's going to be like Ciroc. When you think Ciroc, of course mm-hmm. you think Diddy, but then you think oh the parties, the vodka. I don't know why mm-hmm. I said Ciroc. Um. But like I'm trying to think somebody else. Oh, Martha Stewart. I mean, I, I mean, I would rather mm-hmm. say B. Smith, but we know why we can't say B. Smith right now. I'm always going to sign out her, her former husband because I think that they could have done a lot more for that lady and made sure she looked beautiful as she transitioned out of this earth. But we'll leave that one alone. I don't trust her, her, her ex husband. Anyway, but Martha Stewart. She started with home, like I think, home goods and recipes and cooking, and she's a mega yeah. brand, but she also brings other people into her brand. So, like, in business, right. for black people, we either sell our business very quickly to big conglomerates so we can get the capital, right? And this that's been the discussion that a lot of places have had. Yeah, Do like you, Famous Amos. Uh, 
Uh, famous? Yeah. No, I, I need to. I need to research they that. Sold, yeah, he sold it. Okay, no, 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 because I didn't think. I thought. Okay, never mind. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. But like, um, recently, Mayao, the Mayao products sold part of their line to mm-hmm. PG. I mean, yeah, Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble already messed up the recipe. They've already like, right. did something. They changed it. Yeah, and but they to, mass, be, to be able to mass produce it, and that's the thing that like people have told me. Oh, as you scale, you're going to have to change your recipe. Like absolutely not. I will find whatever equipment will maintain the quality of my product. I'm absolutely not changing my recipes because that is what sets us apart from everybody else who's at a bigger scale than us. So you would never want that's to, what must remain. So you would never want to like uh, franchise your operation or anything like that. I didn't say that. <laughs> There's a way to do both. Yeah. No, I definitely have expansion plans in the future. Okay. Um, but. I, when I'm when I think about us expanding, I'm not thinking about you know expanding in the way that like Dunkin' Donuts does, where like they get a shipment of frozen stuff every week and they just like pull it out and microwave it. I'm thinking of actually having people come and train to become bakers, and so you're giving the raw ingredients, whatever location it could be in Chicago, it could be Ella, well, wherever it is, you're using those same raw ingredients and those same recipes to do what I do in a different place. Yes. It's like. not just like a cookie cutter, you know, like, but we, and you know, it's funny. I, my, my niece's graduation party was yesterday Aww. and her, her sister, her sister came, I, I couldn't make it, but I, I made some cupcakes for them, mini cupcakes. And there were some people there who, uh, since she had set them out early, she, they didn't know that it was from Codetta. And they were like, where did you get this stuff from? It looked, you, must have, you must have bought these from the store because they look really uniform. Like they're all piped exactly the same. And then they tasted them and they were like, wait, are these homemade? And so that's like the, the perfect narrative. Like I want the aesthetic to, to look really professional and really consistent. But that is the taste and the texture has to be completely different from any, anywhere else you can get it. Striking the balance and that to maintain only- the authenticity. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Keep it, keeping the integrity. Yeah. In the food. Yep. Yeah. 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 I'll never change the recipe. Like, I, like I said, I, I did a lot of research to be able to figure out what kind of oven can I buy that will maintain the integrity of my product, but will allow me to scale. So I found like this like thirty thousand dollar oven that we want to get now that can bake a thousand cupcakes at a time. Sounds crazy and ridiculous <laughs> no it but doesn't it's just a matter of it's just a matter of you know making it happen you know so i had a question for you i've been thinking about uh starting a donut shop myself Ooh. and uh look, look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna divulge the whole thing okay because Next time you see me, ask me about it, and I'll divulge the rest to you in private. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that part. <laughs> okay. Right. I just wanted to know from you know. I, I I just wanted to know the foundation, just the starter kit. Is it a of. weed donut? Is it a weed donut? No. I no, wish no, you know no, what it is. no. 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 I have a no. I have a real a real What's vision for how I want. No, he does have a real vision. I have a real vision for how okay. I want these donuts to be made, but um. I, I, I want to use a process. So my ultimate goal, okay, is to have these donuts uh, fresh, like like mm-hmm. like as soon as you order it, like a like a Chipotle style, where you order it, everything is made there, it's fresh. But I want it to yeah. also be fast, so you're not waiting 
you know, whatever minutes. So I'm trying to balance that. I'm, and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out in my head how I can make this happen because I want people to have a hot, fresh donut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to taste like Krispy Kreme. Right, right. I want it to taste right. like my own thing. So I, w- I just kind of want to hear your maybe some advice you could give me to somebody that's trying to start out and make this happen. Yeah. So I think it. I think it really depends on the the product type that you have, right? And and yeah, I mean, for especially for us, there's always that finding the line between, uh, between like you know freshness and and speed, freshness and efficiency. Um, you know, because it's it, part of the reason that stuff tastes so good that's homemade is that you're not rushing to, to make it. Yeah. Right? Like there's, it's, there's more intentionality. I'm a big, I'm a big, you know, proponent of intentionality in everything you do. But mm. I think that your mood and what you do as you make food in, in particular, that, that comes out in the food that affects the quality of the final product. So you move with intentionality, you move with the intention of crafting something um, that's delicious. That's that's going to be a unique experience, and it's hard to balance that with speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly with donuts, and I, I don't make donuts, and that's one of the things. He's like, "Do you make donuts?" I'm like, "Nope," Mm-mm. but I can recommend you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's another one of my favorite spots for donuts is Blondie. She uses yes. brioche style, uh, brioche style donuts, and she makes rolls, sweet rolls. Oh my god, it's so amazing! And her stuff is not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. The textures yeah. are great. Amazing. Um, and let me see who else. Deedles. They're in Lexington market. Now they make like the mini donut and they make them fresh there. So they have, they have like a donut machine. You can see it. They have like a hopper. They load the batter and then you can see it frying kind of like at Krispy Kreme, but they're much smaller. And so they're much quicker. Mm. And then they bag them up and give them to you. So they're, they're done within about five minutes. That's the machine. I'm, um, yeah, that's the machine I'm thinking about. That's the machine I'm yeah. thinking about that I need to look more into. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, I would say connect with, with them because they, they would know more about it than I would. But I can't, I will tell you that those, their donuts are like a, so addicting. Like I live close to Lexington Market and I had their funnel cake donuts with just, you know, just their freshly, freshly fried donuts um, in a bag with some powdered sugar. And ever since then, it's like it's, it, it hurts me to not buy them <laughs> and eat them. And I don't have a sweet tooth. Again, we've established this. I do love funnel cake, so maybe that's it. But their stuff is good. Their stuff is good. And they have a whole bunch of toppings, kind of like the you know the Chipotle style bar. Like you can put whatever you want on those donuts, and they're fresh and hot and delicious. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Why? Why are you going to be like that? Because you don't have a recipe ready. Well, look, okay. We're taking baby. I'm, I'm crawling, okay? I haven't you walked are. yet. You, All you right. Have, you have we'll there's, another, there's another spot at the farmer's market um, on Sundays. Miguel Ooh. said they do a similar thing, mini donuts. So you can get a box of mini donuts. They, they have... They, I mean, they do a lot. Their line is always crazy long, but then they have a topping bar at the end. You can put whatever you want on it. Same thing. Kind of now, what I haven't seen is different flavors of the actual dough, like the batter. Oh, that's interesting. So that might be a thing. All right. I got to. All right. All right I'm going to work on this when I get home. You got options. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to divulge any secrets. All right, y'all. Yeah, you, I don't know why. This is your business. I, do you divulge? I thought, it was, our, I thought it was our business. You I, said I, that I you never, would help invest in this. I never said that. I, I said oh, I would help. Oh, okay. I said I would help with the flavors. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was that that was that was Chris. I will I will taste test for you if you want. Yeah, oh. I'll, I'll do that. Oh wow, that's that's a lot of pressure. Now I got to make sure I'm that's putting, important. like she said, I put all the energy <laughs> we're having into the into the, the into the focus and intention to craftsmanship right. here. Right? We are having a whole discussion with someone who just told you that one of the biggest things that goes into these cupcakes that she makes that so delicious is intention and is they're made with love. Okay. So yeah. what are so, you saying? I'm not gonna put love in it? No, because no. you want to use robots. Yeah, like okay, see I didn't even say you, that. Why'd but you have like, to say that out loud? Why'd you have no, to say no. that out loud? <sighs> <laughs> you just you, you just completely wait. discredited Wait what? Yeah you see you see you, you didn't, didn't hear that. that. You didn't hear that. That, that. Yes, was a secret. Did. You didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's messed big, up. Big that was messed big, up. Big, I don't look but at you, me saying wait, that. Wait, I wait. just, I just it's said on other episodes. He like, said you, this on other episodes. So let me speak for myself now, okay? Oh, wow. So since oh, y'all, since y'all, yourself. since y'all put it out there, so my, uh, my ultimate. <laughs> Do you want me to play some slow jam music on the back in the background? This became a confessional. Bless me, sister, for I have sinned. This is my eighth confessional. Um, (laughs) Eventually, what I wanted to do was, through the power of AI, have it manufactured so that you know they would it would it would be an automated automated process, which is really the complete opposite vision of where you take your food and i realized that but i also realized through talking through you that it's not it's not really going to be able to take off unless the human you know involvement in it you know take takes effect because that's a that's a intangible thing that you can't that you can't put into like a computer yeah so Okay. All right. And I think I think like I mean, there's something to be said for you know automation in terms of even like consistency of products. But then there's also something you know like when we when when I'm teaching somebody on my team to frost cupcakes, right? I understand, and I've like kind of let go of the rain. I understand now that as a leader, when I teach somebody to do something, it's not going to be the same as when I do it because I've literally frosted tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of cupcakes over the last five years. And so this person that's coming in is not, they're not going to look like mine, but it's still acceptable. And there's also something to be said for something being perfectly imperfect. You know what I mean? It shows that there is a human behind it. And I think that's, I think that's part of it. Now that's not to say that you can't make a robot donut shop work, but I, my immediate reaction to that was your recipes have to be like baller and it's got to be like the the selection has to be something that's unique. So like so, that yeah. that will be the reason I would go. So what you were saying y'all got something I can't get nowhere else. So what was so so what I really connected with early on with what you were saying was when you were talking about texture. And that's yeah. where and that's where I'm really big on because 
the donuts that are out right now, like the commercial donuts, I'm not really mm-hmm. big on their texture. And yeah. a lot of them lack aren't 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 even fresh. So right. that's what I'm so that is my goal. That's what I'm trying to combine. I'm trying to combine all those elements together so that you have a hot fresh a hot fresh donut. So it would So when you talk texture. about texture and yeah, when you talk about texture and baking, then you're talking about science. Right. Because like my reaction to, to that is like getting a good texture out of the donut is like, OK, if you have this automated system, your oil has to be a consistent temperature the whole time. It has to be a consistent flavor the whole time. So it needs to be cleaned out or changed out, you know, at some point during the, the cooking process. It has to be cooked for the exact right time. Right. And like the robot has to be able to identify when that is. Whereas like. If a human was cooking it, you could look and you could, you know, learn, okay, it's about, it's amber colored. It's going to continue cooking when I take it out. This is the time to take it out. So there's a lot of like technical um, figuring that needs to be done in terms of getting to the point where the product is consistent. And then the batter is, it's very technical to make any sort of batter, right? Like I can, you know, I, I, people have asked me for my, my recipes before, like friends. And I don't have, like, if it's, yeah, if it's, like, a close friend, I'll be like, here, you can have my recipe. I don't have any sort of, like, you know, well, no, this is my secret recipe. Because I know I can hand you a recipe and tell you exactly how I do it, and it's not going to come out the same as what I can do because I have the experience, the technical experience. Right. So when you make a batter, there's a lot, like, you have to see, like, is it fluffy enough? Is it light enough? Is the color right? Is it coming together have I mixed it too much? Did I undermix it? What do I need to do to achieve the right texture of the batter? That's where it's got to start. It's a lot of nuances. So it, it's, there's so many. There's so many. And I mean, this is something that I, that I teach my team. Cause, so I, my sous chef, he's been with me for almost a year. Um, and so over the last few months, I've kind of had him in a position of training other people. So, one of the, I mean, you know, I'm learning a lot of my, my leadership skills and like how to teach people, teach other people to lead in the way that I do. Um, and one of the things that was very instructive to me was I, you know, I told him I need these batters done. And I know that he knows how to make the batter, right? Um, and I said, you know, this other person, they, they can help you with the batters. And to me, I meant, you know, you can have her mix with the dry ingredients together. He had he just handed her the recipe and had her make the batter. So the next day I come in to use said batter to make cake and there's literally like lumps of sugar and butter that have not been properly incorporated and it wasn't properly like I can tell like just by putting putting a spatula through it, this texture is wrong and it wasn't the, the butter and sugar wasn't creamed enough. And so I had him come in when, you know, when he got in that day, um, I had like scooped out the chunks and put them on like on a, a, a tray. And I said, Danny, I want you to put on a glove and feel that batter and tell me what was, what, what's wrong. Tell me what ha- what went wrong with this batter. Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh, there's like lumps of sugar in it. That means that the cream and the butter weren't incorporated properly. I'm like, yes, that's something that you have to know. Like you, that you can only learn that through experience. So it sounds like, so it sounds like what I need to do is just jump, is just jump in there and really just 
start messing yeah. around yeah. with it until until I get you know it ideal. So you nail it. Yeah, until until I nail it, and then and then when I nail it, pay like pay attention to the timing of each step mm-hmm. of each phase, mm-hmm. and whatever that timing is, that's what I would use to implement. Okay, all right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the that's basically what we've been doing for years. Like we've been workshopping right now. It's to the point where um, you know I can I I have recipes that it, in my recipes there are times beat this for you know five to eight minutes beat this for three minutes and stop the mixer, scrape down the sides and beat it for another three minutes at this speed. So it needs to be very like precisely technical in that way to achieve the kind of consistency that's required to make a business. business. That's what I learned. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. I I feel like I've been blessed now with the knowledge. This This is great. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I learned it the hard way, so so you don't have to. Oh. Charge them. Yes, that, that <laughs> that'll be that'll be ninety eight dollars. <laughs> make it a hundred per donut. Per donut. No, make it a hundred. No, 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 ninety eight dollars. I gotta pay. I gotta pay an AI tax. There's rules to like why <laughs> people say ninety eight, ninety seven, because at a hundred, she may have to tax that money. Gotcha. Ninety nine point nine under the table knowledge. <laughs> yes, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I love uh, even even with uh, the advice that you just gave Big Rob, which now I'm just thinking, man, he's going to need help with them donuts. Um, like I'm being there. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm just look, look, look. I'm not even might, worried about that. I'm worried about what her opinion is going to be. Although she seems like the type of person that would give me constructive criticism. So if I make it overly sweet, she would just be like, you know what, you want to, you want to slack off on this ingredient. So, 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 so Maya, yeah. if you start making donuts, let me know. She's not. I know, but I'm put, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there when we. we I already ordered the, the robot. All right, cool. That's all I need to know. <laughs> what? No, no, I will not. I I don't see myself making donuts. No, I, I was saying that to I was saying that to mess around because as you said earlier, you enjoy making what you make, and I think that's very yeah. important uh, to anyone that you when you own a business that it's a business that you own that you're pouring your heart and soul into yeah. the products that you create are near and dear to you. And so Mm -hmm. I think when somebody comes in and says, as a suggestion, you should do this, doesn't understand the many nuances that you just, you know, discuss and share with us. They don't understand what goes into it and the importance. And now I really like to touch on the leadership because just as you said, that you Mm -hmm. can create something, but you also realize that when people try to follow those steps, it's not going to come out the same way. And yeah, and to me, I think that is I think that's just with anything like um, I love my dad. My dad has this raining uh, belt for his sweet potato pie. Nobody's been able to really challenge that uh, within the family. Right. And definitely something that, you know, nobody takes away from him. So when he makes these pies and I always get one and have been willing to fight my family members over, I actually (laughs) went to Thanksgiving dinner one year and I literally told my wife, Keep the car running because I'm going there and brawl. Oh, no. 
get this pie and we out. And I was, I literally told my cousin, like, yo, it's finna go down. I'm, a, we fighting everybody in here and we getting the pie. Like, it was a side of the family I, I had no allegiances to, so I didn't mind scrapping. I came in to squabble. Nemo can get it. Anybody can get it. Yeah. I was literally walking in and I'm like, that's the last pie? Okay. I'm sorry, but I got to pull up on y'all. And that's what it was going to be. And maybe that needs to be talked out in some family therapy session. And I'm still going to look at the therapist and say, you haven't had the pie. So take one slice and tell me you wouldn't fight. So, But the thing about it is anytime somebody asked him for the recipe, he gave it. It was just, and I see this with my grandmother. It was one of these things that was like, yeah, they give you the recipe. That is not going to taste like you think. Like my grandmother told me mm-hmm. for her chicken salad, which is another thing I fight over. I, I fight for food. So like hands oh, yeah. down, bar none. I hear that. Yeah, like it, it's just really like, nah, if it's good. If you wanted to drop kick somebody over there, half a cupcake. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, WWE all day. Like you just see, you just see me outside the shop. I'm like, he just ordered a cupcake. But we told me it had other flavor and that person's walking up. Oh, Oh, there you go. And you just see me tackle. <laughs> and I will have them, I will hand them the money for the cupcake and then be out. Stuck to like, into your sharing feud. You know, <laughs> so when um so when it comes to you know, when it comes to recipes, like my grandma chicken salad, I was like, So grandma, you know what do you do? And she told me the recipe. Now of course when I went ahead and I made it, I'm like, Oh nah, this definitely ain't it. Now I enjoy what I had, but I also recognize it's like it's not the same. And that's the thing where Rob asking the question, it's like, no, there's a special talent that I I think you have when it comes to cupcakes that it's you're not going people are not going to be able to do what you do. It's going to take time to even get remotely close it can't be synth- synthesized I right think that's what you're saying. yeah yeah you can't you can't exactly. you, you can like they, you can give them the recipe all day but it's like nah mm-hmm. you, can you might have had a certain spice you might have had you a, can't make KFC. right you might have <laughs> a certain song playing yeah. in the background you know you might have right. just randomly text somebody a day could have been a different energy and vibe that you can always recreate that somebody can right. so now nah, i respect and that whole you know what I'm happy that you mentioned that you mentioned having a song playing in the back because that's actually a big part of this business. You know, Codetta is actually a musical term, so I used to be a music teacher. I was going to ask you about that. Bake, yeah, yeah. When we bake in the shop, there's always music playing. Whether it's, I mean, on Fridays and Saturdays for sure, because we're open uh, open to the public on Fridays and Saturdays. But um, as we're like in there prepping and and baking and stuff, we're always listening to music. There's always music. And I, I think that, you know, the, our playlist is a lot of like chill hop, lo-fi. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say lo-fi. It's like R&B. Mm-hmm. I guess alt R&B. Um, there's an artist, Matt Ayers, that is in heavy rotation on our playlist, um, who actually is a fan of Codetta Bake Shop now. We brought them some uh, some desserts to their tour, and we brought them some shirts. And they wore the shirts on stage. All of the band members is amazing. I know, crazy, super awesome. awesome. They're coming back in September, so I'm trying to host them in our storefront. God willing, it's open by then. We'll see. But um, keep us. But yeah, we all. I mean, it's it's oh, I will. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been a huge music and baking were my two have been my two biggest passions in life. I have a degree in music education, 
that's what I went to school for. Um, but I've always been baking. I'm, you know, when I was eight, I got piano lessons for my birthday. And in the same year, I got an Eve bake oven. So I've been doing music and baking ever since I was a child. And so, you know, the two kind of go hand in hand for me. When um, was, and then, yeah. yeah. And then I, I think another thing that's, that's a really cool connection is jazz music is really big to me. And, um, I kind of see a parallel between what we do and jazz music, right? Like if you, if you talk to an orchestral musician, like a classical musician, you ask them if they pay, play jazz music, I feel like nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, Oh no, I can't, I can't play jazz. It's too, it's too technical. You need to know music, the, the theoretical side of music inside and out to be able to use those tools and improvise in the way that jazz music so jazz musicians are composing music in real time as they're playing it, which yeah. is like a higher level skill than, yes, it's a higher level skill than someone who's, you know, who's reading music off of a off of page. Not to take away from that, but it's different, right? In the same way that I have my recipes down pat, everything is memorized at this point. Mm -hmm. So I know if I add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, like I can flip this flavor and add something to it and pair it with this texture buttercream and put some compote in it, and it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. And so our our menu is ever changing, and that's different from someone who's using a box mix. You know, so you might, they might be successful, but it's a different game. It's a completely different game. And so I like to think that our bakery, like we we're like the jazz music of bakeries. And that's something unique right there because I have my own I have my own theory about music. And the vibration of music having mm -hmm. an effect on on things as well, because they've already proven yeah. if you take a plant, you play, you know, yep. you play classical, it gravitates towards the classical and away from the heavy metal because of the vibrations in the mm -hmm. music. So I believe that playing music while you're cooking not only, you know, helps you with your, you know, you know, timing and, and things like that. But I believe I, I just believe there's something in the music that shapes the cooking. That's that's my It's belief. in the food. About thousands of percent. Yeah. And that's why and that's why our, our playlists are so carefully crafted. Mm -hmm. Like it's it, at this point I think it's like a fifteen hour playlist or something like that. But when I hear a song that fits into the vibe, you know, it's like it's like background music. Um, but it it's got a nice beat. Every so often you'll hear a song like, Oh, I love this song. It just puts you in a good mood, mm -hmm. right? As you're baking. And I think that's, I think that's so, so important. Like for, when we have our shop, I even have like a whole mocktail menu that is, uh, that is the names of the drinks are either song. They're either, they're plays on songs or artists that I love that are featured on our bakery playlist. Oh, so we need yeah, to call that be, a playlist. Well, it won't, it won't have, <laughs> I know yet, we have two. You know, I so I use Apple Music, mm -hmm. and I know on Spotify you can make your playlist public, and I've been meaning to for like years to, to like switch it over and add all the songs, but it's like oh, it's like thousand, it might be like a thousand songs at this point. Mm. We but we have two playlists. We have the Codetta Shopbox playlist, and then we have Codetta okay. After Dark. So if you ever want me to just pop up down there and do that for you, I will. I will subgate sub it a little bit further so you won't have to have, like, those massive playlists. So you can be like, Codetta Chop Shop, Codetta After Dark. You can be like, Codetta Love Mix, Codetta Get Out My Face Mix. 
<laughs> I love that. Oh, okay. It's 252 songs, 15 hours and 38 minutes. That's, that's not bad. For the, yeah, for the Codetta shot box. And then Codetta After Dark is, it's a similar vibe, but it's just a little, you know, slightly spicier lyrics. Most of the songs on the shop box playlist are like, you know, not necessarily, not, they're not like kids songs or anything, but it's not like any offensive lyrics. You know, the subject matter is generally speaking friendly, family friendly. Um, there might be a, a swear word here or there, but it's not like, right. every time I come up in the spot, I'm fine. <laughs> right, right. We get pop. And it's like, you know, you know no. that's, I feel like, that's not the right vibe for no. making cupcakes. No, you know? no, no. <laughs> that, that is when you're cooking like certain meat, certain fish, certain like even Brown vegetables. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like vegetables be on one. I'd be like, y'all don't want to chop today? I think, no. I'd be like, let me just go ahead and like, eh, mm, 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 mm. anyway, but <laughs> no. So this is why I'm staying out the kitchen. A long, long time ago when I thought, when I had hopes of being an, um, of doing baking a long long time ago Mm -hmm. um i wanted to do a place called just bars and it was just gonna be Mm. bars like brownies lemon bars marshmallow bars you named it it was a if it was a bar form it was a bar and it was gonna be linked to a song lyric so like oh i love that yeah so like if it was called toxic like britney spears toxic right so everyone would think Mm -hmm. it's toxic but it would just be overloaded with every good thing that it could have inside. Yes. And then like the lemon one, I can't remember the name of the song, but there was a song that always made me think of sunshine and lemons. And I had the lyric to it. And then I wanted to do it. I like detailed everything out, all the recipes, the cost, the up cost, how, where I would have to rent a place to bake it, which farmer's markets I was going to do. And like, long story short, someone was like, you could take all that effort and focus on your career, Christine. And I was like, you're right. Let me focus on my career. Man, I could have done that, and I'd still be freaking teaching. Not that I didn't love teaching. I I really did like. I really did love teaching, but it just COVID changed my job so much, so mm-hmm. that it was boiled down to all the stuff that I hate about the job, like just emailing and being like, oh my god, like I was a middle school band director, and my favorite part was being in the classroom making music with my kids, Aww. and that was just that was gone. You know, you can't do any of that over Zoom. I was going to ask you, what was the turning point? You just answered it. So it was COVID. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like I said, I mean, it it was such a weird, you know, that, that it was March 13th, I think was the last time I saw, I saw my kids. And this is not to get too, like too heavy, but that was my first like real experience with grief. I didn't, I didn't come to realize this until much later. But I grieved the loss of that job and of my, like, I didn't get to say goodbye to my kids in the way that I wanted to, in the way that I usually do mm. at the end of the year. You know, some of, some of my kids, like, they left that, they heard that stuff was going, you know, was crazy. And a lot of kids didn't come to school on Friday. So they left their instruments at school. They, some of them moved to different states. You know, a lot of them were eighth graders and went off to high school. And, like, I just, I didn't get to say goodbye in the way that I, that I, wanted to and it was just a very like it was the pandemic was just such a a crazy time and it was very it was such a huge unknown for everyone Mm -hmm. um and yeah i really truly loved that job and i had i had forged a lot of relationships with the kids and you know the younger and older siblings and um and the community the parents um and i had been planning to you know i was like 
a few years into a six year plan that I had at that job, at least. Wow. Um, and, um, and yeah, so that, that, that happened. And, you know, baking has always been my stress relieving activity. Mm-hmm. Even when I was in college, I used to travel with like cheesecake stuff in my, like a freeform pan and some cookies in my trunk. So I don't, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't drink. So I'll go to a party and just like be in the kitchen making a cheesecake. Yes. And like, be like, oh, no, that's fun for me. Um, but yeah, so I was, you know, COVID hit and I was like, well, I want to bake because it relieves stress and I'm really stressed out, but I live alone and I'm not going to eat all this stuff. So let's start selling it on Instagram. Yes. We started doing that. We did like three different uh, cupcake flavors a week. This is, this is where we started doing the recipe testing and like figuring out flavors and textures and combinations and methods and ingredients and cook times, all of that. Yeah. Um, and it just completely blew up from there. I was like, wow. By the fall, I was like, wait a minute. I, this might be, I might be able to like do this. Yeah. Like for real, for real. And I was able to replace my salary in a, about four months after leaving my job. Cause I did, yes, I did end up leaving yes. my job. And, um, and I was like, I mean, I, I cried for like a couple weeks. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be homeless. What am I doing? I can't make money off a cupcake, but you know, here I am a few years later. That's a blessing <laughs> right there. No, you took- it is. And it's so hard to take that leap. So hard. I think that a lot of the um, kids that you were teaching, though, you probably made a big impact on their lives. And I know any teacher that has made an impact on my life, I've always been curious to wonder what they were doing, you know, mm-hmm. and where they went, especially after an event like this. They're like, oh, she's not teaching anymore. Where, what is she up to? Oh, wait, she has a bakery or she's making cheesecakes. Yeah. Let me go find out about, you know, I yeah. think that would be the yeah. process. So. I say all that to say that I don't believe that it ended there. I think that the yeah. children that you really impacted, you know, will probably want to seek you out. And hopefully they're hearing this podcast. So if they're curious as to what happened, well, well yeah. now you know. <laughs> and, you know, you know, it's funny, like that that has happened. You know, I've had students and parents reach out and say, hey, we want to come visit your bakery. We see what you're doing. And. And, and this is part of, you know, part of my, like, grieving process of, of grieving that job, like, realizing that I needed to, to grieve that job. Because I would have, I would be having, like, wake up from a dream that I was back in my band room with my kids, just, like, laughing and making music. And I would wake up just in tears. And, and I, I was so emotional because that really was, like, the job that I wanted to do and the community that I wanted to be working in. And I had, I didn't really realize like, you know, just how much that was affecting me emotionally. But, Mm -hmm. um, last summer, one of my favorite families, you know, they came to the shop to visit and I was just catching up with them and they were like, when are you coming back? And I was like, I'm not coming back. (laughs) I I love you guys. And I I miss you too. They were like, you know, this other teacher, he's, he's great, but he's just, it's not, he's not the same as you. And I was like, thank you for saying that. But I'm never coming back to <laughs> not full time, not in that way. This is yeah, definitely not now. Like the climate is not good. Um, and then when you know when they left, I broke down just in tears. I just went in the back and I cried so hard because it was so. You know, this is a family who the older the older daughter, um, she was in sixth grade when I first started teaching there. I taught her all through middle school, and then when she went to high school, I was I, I was still teaching the marching band. Um, at the high school. So I was continuing to teach her there. 
And then her younger brother started uh, the year before I left. And so I had been with this family for years um, and I just loved them so dearly. And it was just a very emotional encounter for me. And that was, that was one of the things that made me realize like, this is, I need to address this, you know, like this is like affecting me still. Um, But then like, you know, fast forward to this year, actually like a couple months ago, I had another student that I really loved. I taught her and her younger sister and she and her mom stopped him to the shop and it was the same thing. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, tell me what's going on with you. What are you doing? And she was updating me on like her musical career and how she's still playing and she's doing this and that. And she's like, Oh, I have a page on Instagram and I play. And I'm like, that is so amazing. And I was just, so it just filled my heart with joy. Yeah. And they left and I was just, I felt so positive after that encounter. It completes and the like, circle. Yeah, exactly. And, and even like for me, I was like, wow, I think I posted this on our page too. Like this, that was, uh, a moment of realization I had like I've come a long way in terms of you know my my processing my career change because it was a big shift that I wasn't expecting to make at that time mm-hmm. and you know I've done a lot of research and, and you know self-work on how you can you can be grieving a loss that's not like a person it could mm-hmm. be like a career change that wasn't expected and that's that's real that's very very real and so seeing this student this year, it just kind of gave me an understanding of the progress that I've made um, in that way and how I I really do feel, um, I don't feel as much of the survivor's guilt, you know, that I I was feeling leaving teaching when I did for this, you know, fun and thriving business. And I feel a lot more comfortable and confident in what I'm doing. That is beautiful. That is a, it's yeah, like, it's like the cycles, the, the circles complete, you know, you get to, yeah. you know, it's like, it's healing to me, you know, that yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, I had to leave, but life still went on. We're still, you know, you know, look at us, we came back and we're in, and we're reciprocating. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love it. I think I love I love your story because like no one really ever talks about the grief of leaving a job that you mm. train for. Cause like, I think a lot right. of shoot, no one wants to ever talk about like, Oh, you gotta leave. You're leaving a job you trained years for. And then like, no one, yes. no one wants to acknowledge that grief. They're like, Oh, that's nothing. It's not that serious. And I've seen people discredit people doing that. And I'm like, I'm thank you. I thank you for touching on that. Cause there's a lot yeah. specifically. No, it's real, man. I got to have freaking student loans in that, that, that career that I, that I trained for, for years and years and years, you know? Right. And it's like, that's, that's, that was, that was my identity for like, I am a classically trained musician. It's crazy that that's not like, the for at the forefront of my identity right now. That's like an Easter egg that you no know, trivia fact about me that nobody knows because I'm known as Codetta now. I didn't go to school for this, but and, and so it's like it's just it's just very weird. But yeah, it's it's it is it is very real for entrepreneurs especially. It's hard to leave a job where you have a steady salary and benefits and leave and like you know there's no there's, there's no sick leave. You know, my father passed away in January. And I lost oh. a lot of business because I wasn't physically able to work because I was, you know, processing his death. Right. And like, that's not, you know, you, 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 if you work for someone, you work in a school system or something like that, you get bereavement leave. That doesn't exist. No. <laughs> so like, if you don't work, you just, you don't you work so and well. you don't get that money. Right. Yeah. But like, and no. it's tough, man. But I will like to say that even because we had a private conversation, I am just so yes. 
one, I am very grateful that you and your family was able to have time to grieve. And I believe that even though, like yeah. you said, you lost a lot of, um, you know, money and customers at that time at the same, mm-hmm. in the same breath, you did have the the freedom to say, I can, when I'm ready to reopen, I will reopen. I need yeah. this time to make sure I'm internally good. And I yeah. think yeah. as I just want to say for black entrepreneurs, right. And to a certain extent Talk about it. you went through two different types of grief two different types mm-hmm. of events and you still was able to find like keep your mental health at the forefront because that's something we don't talk about that's critical going yeah. into um, entrepreneurship yeah. you have to be you either have to have a strong support system or a strong will and a strong yeah. um i don't want to make this too you know religious but a strong spiritual backing even if like you know that's a, important too yeah yeah even if pray to a tree listen i don't care what you pray to not you i know i know i know that you're islam but you know even if you pray to a tree every day to make sure you get through it i'm fine with that because like at the end of the day like none of this is permanent covid made sure we know that but also covid i think was supposed to challenge each and every one of us how bad do you want to live the life that you desire and Mm -hmm. there were people such as yourself that was like this is the worst part of my job which is the paperwork doing it over zoom not being able to see like and and when you're a musician so there are certain things you have to do with students like you have to it's easy to go and like say hey it's okay if i touch you move their finger just the slightest inch exactly oh my god none of that none of that oh and don't get me started when you like starting like if you're playing a brass instrument there's certain ways you have to hold your lips and it's like so teachers it looks real creepy it does look creepy when you're in a music class and your your teacher's telling you to raspberry (laughs) them and people like what do you mean you're raspberry a teacher like no 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 (laughs) you're doing it in such a way because you have to say hey move your lips this way actually pucker out more you're putting too much Mm -hmm. breath in there your tongue is on the back of your teeth instead of on the roof of your mm-hmm. mouth it's like little things like that you can't teach that over zoom i don't care what no one says there yeah. is no amount it's impossible it, so i just want to say thank you for touching on um going through that process because i think a lot of people don't want to yeah. go through entrepreneurship because the second wave of process is yep you gotta give but again you went through the process and then also you took a moment and i don't think if you, i'm sorry that you, you obviously yes you did lose money i don't think you lost customers i think a lot of them came back double or triple the amounts because it was like no this is a real human going through a real process mm-hmm. and you know yeah. it worked out and my, I, I believe i still believe it's going to continue thank to work you out. Yeah. thank you i appreciate that and i, I mean I, I do share this stuff like on our page um you know when i when i feel inclined I, I share a lot about like my grieving process for my dad and even like, you know, I had, I had a business partner when we started this business and now I'm running it. I'm running the show. And, you know, we were engaged and then some shit was found out. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to get too much into that, but suffice it to say, suffice it to say, um, I'm the, well, I mean, I I always have been the only owner of this business. Um, but I'm running the show by myself now. Which is like great, honestly. Like I've gotten to a place where I'm really happy to have the um, to have the support system that I have, but also have the autonomy to do what I need to do and be able to do it, you know, without any, you know, roadblocks, shall we say? Oh, I understand. I 100%. Also, let's just let's um, when I when, with that we're about to wrap up. I want you to talk about the other events that you have coming up, the th- the great things coming. And I oh can- yeah. And I want to speak on, um, no, I believe everything happens for a reason and a season. 
Listen, Girl, yes. and the way it worked out in your favor, that's all I'm going to say. Yes. I, the way it worked out yes. in your favor that I, I well, as you know, I'm, I don't think you know this. I'm Catholic, so I had to be careful how I say things. I know that you're, you, you, you are Islam, you practice, um, um, you're practicing is um, Muslim, um, and I don't want to say anything to offend you. And now I feel like I'm offending you. I'm so sorry, but yeah, go ahead and talk. No, hey, praise, praise be to Allah. Yeah, yes. listen, he will root out evil. Yeah. He will. Yeah, and, and even if it's not evil, he will root out someone that is not for you to be in that season. Right. I believe this it. Is true. I was just one of my friends that sent me a song yesterday, and it said, uh, "I forget who the artist was, but one of the lyrics was, I, I asked God to remove my enemies. I started losing friends.'" Yeah. Mm. Mm. Do you know how much I be looking at God like, oh, really? All these people, all these people oh, in my dang. life, them too. I was, yeah. I, oh, one day we'll talk about like losing friendship. But like I said, please talk about your, yes. your things coming up, the other stuff that you have going because you have so much, and I'm yes. so excited about all of this. Yes. Okay. So we're on the cusp of getting our first storefront. That's the most exciting thing that's yes. going on in my life, and it's, and it's very much behind the scenes right now. Nothing has been signed yet, um, and so I can't fully announce it, but please stay tuned. We're actually going to be starting a GoFundMe for the bakery build-out and for um, for renovations, for increased staffing, for operations, all of that, um, because this is, this is going to be a huge project, and it's going to need some support from the community. Um, and so we're actually going to be launching a GoFundMe over the, in the next couple of days. So I don't know when this is going to air, but... It's going to be, hopefully, the, the campaign will be live by the time it airs. Um, and, yeah, so I'm really, really super excited about that. Codetta Bake Shop aims to be a not just a premium dessert bakery, but a community cultural hub mm-hmm. that is for everyone. Yes. It's welcoming for everyone. I want it to be a haven for creators, creatives of all media. So and, and just a place where you can come and get some coffee and vibe out and get some really dope dessert and just stay, stay for a while. Um Aside from that, like I said, we have the cookout. That's our event that we are hosting on July 22nd. It's going to be in downtown Baltimore. You can check our Instagram page for more information about that. Um, Definitely, we are open for that. Yes, we are. Uh, we just started our summer hours, so we are currently open Fridays and Saturdays from uh, from two to six, and then we close for a couple hours, and we're open for Codetta after dark from eight to eleven. So that's our summer hours. Um, and yeah, stay tuned to our page for any other updates. We're very active on social media. We'll be doing a lot of other uh, cool pop-ups and collaborations this summer. So stay tuned. Maya, Maya, this has been a blast. I have I have enjoyed this, and I have enjoyed hearing you. your complete story because it helps uplift me and other people that hear that. I, you know, it's you know, it's you know, it reverberates out there, and so I'm just very grateful that you were able to share that. Uh, with us here. Thank you. Oh. Oh, I appreciate that so much. Anytime. <laughs> now, there is one last thing I wanted to yeah. mention that is of critical importance. Um, I wasn't angry enough. Well, you're fine. You're fine. As I've said to <laughs> other guests before, the fate of the world depends on this answer right now. And that is the fact that I have eaten. And I just muted the button. I just muted the button. Come on, come on. I just hit the mute can button I, for today on please? Big Brother. Uh, so, so, so cheese steaks 
from Philly. Okay, I got a problem. So I have to meet this button again. We had this discussion. Okay, so so I've already gotten myself in trouble with the entire state of Pennsylvania. But but I believe that cheese steaks taste better with uh, without the cheese whiz. Okay, I don't want cheese whiz. I want reg. I want I want aged cheddar on my cheese steak. Okay, so the original cheese steak, however they made it, I just got a problem with it. I would like you to support me in this in this in this opinion. So Maya, okay, you don't just uh, letting you just letting you know. I might have to. I might have to. Hit Rob with this is your conscience talking moment, um, <laughs> but and just I, are like we do not, we, we, these are not the ideas and ideals of we do not condone this. <laughs> just, just, just yeah. stepping in, just stepping in because at this point right now, at this very moment, you can hear his question and say, "Well, you know that's a great question." Ask somebody else. Now, if you feel as though you yourself want to weigh in, you're more than welcome. But this is me giving the out and also with a question, uh, because as you told a wonderful story about how you basically persevered with everything that you were dealing with and how you have started a business and now you are you just making things happen. And it's really brick by brick. I love hearing stories like that. Um, one of the ideas came to me that I was hearing and I just wanted to know, uh, do you ever see yourself releasing a cookbook that also kind of woves a little bit into the stories where people are seeing the recipes, but they can see how those ideas came to you? Or do you see more of just, um, just not even so much a cookbook, but just, you know, a story itself like saying, Hey, you know, I built this business and as you're seeing it, this is the book that I I'm telling you everything in because I feel as though uh, you've not only said something so inspirational it's like you're literally living in it. You know, like I feel like when you have that storefront, we're going to be able to walk in and literally see it. You know, it's not just a feeling. Yeah. It's not just tasting it. You can literally walk in and for a, for a community to me. You know, that makes you an icon right there in that community. Like you said, it's not just about the community. It's a name globally that you want people to hear. You actually said all that. <laughs> you made the statement on on the show, but then just everything I'm hearing, I was like, yes, I see that because she's running with it. She's not just saying it. Yeah. It's something that literally if you said this is my five year plan, literally we can look and see it like in five years. And that's the type of ownership that is beautiful. I'm supporting you every step. I'm like, yes, let's do this. How many cupcakes Thank do I you. need to buy? Let me know. Chris says, <laughs> Chris says this is where the show going to be. All right, I'm there. So I just wanted to take a moment to say that before we get back to Rob, who's looking like a wounded puppy well, no, well, on this question that he's trying to set our, our guest up. Well, before we, well, before we get the answer to my question, I, I, was there any plan? Have, have you thought about like an autobiography or anything? So I, you know, it's funny. I've had people telling me for years that I should write a book. Um, people who have, yeah, I've had like the same reaction as you guys just did just to hearing my story. And I remember, you know, the, the first person I remember telling me this was uh, I was student teaching in, in college. And like the weekend before I started student teaching, my car broke down. And it was like, I got in that car for free from my brother. So it was just a matter of time. But 
what that meant was a 35 minute commute became like a three hour commute. Mm. So I had to walk to the bus stop at like 4am, catch a bus an hour into Philly to catch a train an hour back to, you know, back in the same direction, like closer to where I was. And then I had to walk for 45 minutes to get to my student teaching club. And I got there like before my, my student teaching you know, my, my teacher actually did. So I would just be in the staff lounge, like sleeping until she got in. And, um, that was on days that I couldn't get like a the zip car or like borrow a friend's car. I was student teaching. I was teaching a marching band. that was also an hour away. I was, um, uh, teaching private music lessons and I was serving at a diner. So I was doing all of this stuff at the same time. And, um, it was like, you know, towards the end of my placement and I explained the situation. I, I think I had finally broken down and asked my co-op for a ride home. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry, I really, you know, I hate to ask, but this is what's going on. And she was like, how do you come in here so happy every day? Like you come in here and you're just ready to work with these kids and they love you. And she was like, you need to write a book. <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you, I guess. Um, so I've heard that, um, uh, my therapist has told me that I need to write a book too, just to, you know, she kind of sees what I'm, what I'm dealing with and how, and, um, shout out to therapy, by the way, as I should be in therapy. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I, I honestly haven't thought of, and people have suggested me doing a cookbook too, but I actually really love the idea of kind of combining the two and like yes. weaving recipes into my overall story. Have you guys ever read, um, what's the book? I think it's like Water for Chocolate. Yes. Mm-hmm. By, um, no, that's not it. No, that's it's not another it. one. I know. But, Is that it? No, there's a whole bunch. Well, I will say it's not, it might not be Water for Chocolate, but there's a whole bunch of books that we've, um, the it's story- by a Hispanic or Latina author. I can't remember what it is, but maybe, maybe that's it. Me, no, I'll, I'll I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's kind of, it's like the story of like a family, but there's recipes in it too. Yes, I was as part of the story. Yeah, but there's a lot of books that do that. They they talk about family history and then they weave in the recipe and then they give you the recipe at the end of the chapter or the end yeah. of the book. Yeah. And actually, there's this new book series. It's a it's a cozy mystery. It's fiction. I'm so sorry, but in the cozy mystery mm-hmm. one, they talk about Filipino culture and they deal with murder. Mm-hmm. And like murder mystery, but at the end of the book, they have all these recipes for like ube cupcakes, ube pancakes. Ooh. They have um, recipes for um, different Filipino cuisine, and you know, in Filipino cuisine, there's a lot of pork, but like a lot of the other yeah. stuff is like, oh, I can substitute this out for chicken, and the author does do that. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see that book, and then I would definitely host you um, for a book review on my secondary yeah. blog that I need to start oh, working yeah. on. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. That I mean that that just like kind of gets gets my ideas going. I would I would that's a really dope idea. So thank you for that, guys. Um, I'd love to do that. And also, and I think you know I think I think like I mean like I said I'm very open with sharing my struggles and my story because you know people a lot of people they they only want to show on social especially with social media uh, people show the good stuff mm-hmm. and they only want to show the good stuff that they that they think people will be like celebrating them for and I'm like nah this is me. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I might just. If I'm in a bad mood or I have a grief day, I might post about that mm-hmm. and just say, "Yeah, like yeah, today was really difficult." And thank you guys for still being supportive of me. Um, or I might post like I'm in the car singing my favorite song or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, but this is like this is just me. You know, that's that's the, the way that I 
feel the most authentic. Um, People and as far as the cheese yeah. steak question, yeah. I do have some shit to say. I got some shit to say oh, about cheese steak. Oh, I oh. do. Well, please I share. I don't like cheese whiz. I don't Thank like yes. cheese whiz. Yes. I. <laughs> yes. Eight cheddar. I don't. Okay, so American cheese mm-hmm. is like is like is horrible, and it is American it cheese. Is. The it's devil. plastic. It doesn't melt right. Right. However, the one place that I. I cringe internally to even say this. The one place that I like American cheese is on a cheesesteak because it just melts and then it's like liquidy and then it's just like moisture. And it's not too much flavor to overpower the rest of the cheesesteak. Aged cheddar might be too flavorful for me on a cheesesteak specifically. Right, but But that's because, but that's because most of, for me, I like the, the actual steak to be the star of the show. Now, I will say that I have invented a uh, product, a collaboration called the Cheesecake Cheesesteak. And it's where you take some really good quality cheesecake and you put it on a cheesesteak and you eat it. Whoa. Crazy, I know. Whoa. But the, the, the textures and the flavors, like you get the melty and the sweet and the kind of creamy from the, from the cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And then you got like the salty, savory, chewy from the cheesesteak. And to me, it's delicious. I love it. Now, you can't eat a whole cheesecake cheesecake because I think your arteries might immediately just close up and you might instantly die. But a couple bites, you know, just take a little scoop of cheesecake, put it on a couple bites of cheesecake, and you can enjoy it. But hear me out. It can be done because I think people sleep sleep on sleep save us about to say slavery oh my bad um (laughs) (laughs) the show for today no but people sleep on slavery baked goods a lot like i used to make a tomato basil well i did this for a competition once i made a tomato basil cupcake with pesto icing and everyone was like this is disgusting well they would they was like they never they didn't even put it in their mouth that would irk me they was like that this is so disgusting and i finally got someone to try it they're like oh Oh shoot, this is good. They're like, this is almost like a biscuit, but fluffier. And I said, exactly. Those green I, eggs and ham people. Green eggs and ham. So a cheesecake, cheesecake, cheesecake sounds. I can see it in a little mini form, having that mm-hmm. savory texture, and just have a little, just a hint. It doesn't even need any sweetness. Just a hint, a sweetness from the natural sweetness of the cheese, with the savoriness of the meat cooked properly with the peppers and garlic and onions, yeah. and then go ahead and yeah. melt just. A, only time I will only do this for you because I appreciate you and I respect your taste buds and melt a thin layer of American cheese on there because yeah. I, American cheese ain't cheese. I'm a cheese connoisseur. Look on his face right now. Y'all it's talking white some, American cheese. Y'all talking mm. some good witchcraft right here. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> so when when we in the lab to uh, make this happen and when can I get a small portion because I, I, I just want a small portion. Cheese I don't cheese cheese. Listen. Now, my favorite cheesesteak in the city, I only eat halal meats, and it's kind of hard to find, like, good halal options. But my favorite cheesesteak in Baltimore comes from King's Pizza over in Hamden on 30, on, you know, on the avenue in Hamden. Mm. So, so good. It's King. so good, and the bread is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, See, because that's the, that's the thing that a friend of mine got on the show to challenge Rob about. It's the bread. Mm-hmm. See, like yeah. everybody can sit there and talk about the cheese, but you really got to focus on the bread. Also, I got to take this fool to Philly so we can go to Ishka Bibbles because after, oh yes, Ishka 
bizzle. Yeah, because after no after he yeah yeah cause, yeah because he made this whole wild ass statement on the podcast to the point where I have I messaged a friend of mine because I was just like I ain't having these Philly peeps come at me. Hey, because my defense rests because she because because she I ain't worried about your defense like. <laughs> No, I'm not. Because you always gotta find one person and then you feel vindicated in your BS. This so is we ain't not playing that game. But any person, okay. This is my I said you gotta find my- one person. I didn't say ordinary. What the f- don't put words. I said one She's person. She's worth eighteen, okay? Eighteen people. Her opinion. Because she is like a connoisseur. You're still in trouble. You're still in trouble. My aunt, my aunt, my don't save him. You can't, you can't save him. Just, look, look, look. You don't want to be saved. Don't he, he really don't. He really don't. He really don't. I can see, I can see my house from this hill. You know that. So, <laughs> so we gotta take him to Philly so he can go to Ishkabils because I'm tired of hearing about his rants on cheesesteaks. And he doesn't realize that once again, Chris and me always deal with the backlash of the stuff that he we put out the fires, Listen, not him. If I gotta fight a Philly person. I'm not going to jail. You better bail me out. Right. <laughs> look, 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 look. I'm not. I'm not on that meat meals. You ain't got. But you ain't gotta fight. I ain't got. You ain't. You ain't gotta I fight ain't nobody. Got, no, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. We get popcorn. Yeah. And we sit on the side and we just make sure he get to the hospital. That's all. <laughs> Look, I'm not well, going to get... Listen, I don't be out here saying... Well, I can't. The way House of Games set up these days? Look, I'm not going to no. be swung on until I actually go to Ishkabibbles. Now, if I say... Oh, oh no, no, no. The hell you not? Not on that block. No. We got to go to Ishkabibbles. Well, we going, but you say anything. Yeah, yeah. Listen. On that note. Maya, go ahead and plug your business and everything you want to plug one more time because we're going to wrap this up. Before he this say anything hilarious. else. <laughs> well, thank you guys. This has been this has been great. And I you know, I reached out to Christine and I was like, listen, I got I got some shit to say. So I'm glad that I could say some stuff um with you guys. And and I'd love to come back anytime. But um yeah, we are Codetta Bake Shop at Codetta Bake Shop on all social media platforms except for Twitter, strangely enough. But everything else, Codetta Bake Shop. Um, we are open every weekend from um, Friday and Saturday 2 to 6 and then 8 to 11 for Codetta After Dark you can place an order online uh, for our weekly in stock menu at getcodettabakeshop.com or if you want to place an order for a custom cake or event we do catering, corporate stuff wholesale orders, all type of things and you can hit us up at codettabakeshop.com for a request Maya, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, people that are listening right now, I am not just giving you lip service. I'm telling you, my life is not the same after eating this cupcake, all right? So make sure you go out to to Codetta's and get some. It is the real deal. We are not just talking like this, okay? Like, I'm mad there's only one left, and I don't even know if it's mine. So make sure you go out and get it. Well, thank y'all. Hopefully, uh, yeah, and and tell them the three angry black people. Thank you. Word, yes, word. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for coming through. I want y'all to make thank sure you. y'all do go ahead. Make sure that you check out Maya. Go to Cadetta's Bake Shop. You, I'm telling you, y'all, y'all will be missing out. Yes. All right. 
Maya, thank you for coming through. We really enjoyed having you on the show, and you definitely will be yeah. will be back. We're going to we're going to make yeah. that happen because we talk about food a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. we're going to have we're going to have to definitely get you in on a, reg- a regular show. And I have so many food hotcakes, <laughs> so yeah. many. Oh, we're ready. Oh, we're well, ready. yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. So you say that now to us a hot take about something that you like, and she puts it right down. Next time, next time we're going to talk about the sugar on the grits. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I have some thoughts about that too. <laughs> I don't understand why he likes salt and fires. Yeah, he, he right because he, he he doesn't learn. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. It's been real. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hold that out.